someone using sophisticated equipment managed to briefly and illegally override broadcast signals on WGN-TV and WTTW. Jack Connerty reports now that both incidents are under investigation. Even in a medium that is no stranger to bizarre moments, these were truly bizarre. Video pirate who raided two television broadcasts at 9.14 Sunday night during a sportscast. Really kind of expressing uh, sympathy over the fact uh, that uh, our signal would be interfered with this, in this way and that it would inconvenience so many thousands of our The viewers. pirate mimicked the Max Headroom character that you see on About TV. About two hours later, the video pirate struck Panel again. Panel 11's broadcast of Doctor Who was just By this time, the pirate had managed to insert audio as well. The 90-second interruption ended with the video pirate's bare bottom being spanked with a fly swatter, but his punishment will be far worse if he is caught. Welcome, welcome to your favorite podcast, That Would Be Rad, the podcast that majors in 80s and 90s nostalgia, comic culture, all things paranormal, and minors in retro video games, only watching movies on VHS, mm. tabletop RPGs, pre-internet mysteries, and trying to raise our kids to be half as cool as we were back in the 80s. We are your hosts, Woody Brown and Tyler Bentz. Hey, dude. What? Hey, man. Vija. <laughs> <laughs> You beat me. Gosh. I mean, pretty cool, cool topic today, huh? Yeah, man. And you know what? I got to give credit where credit's due. Mm -hmm. First, let me tell our listeners a little bit of some behind the scenes info. Okay. Listeners, as I'm sure you'd probably imagine, both Tyler and I have like stacks and stacks of physical notebooks, usually composition notebooks or mm -hmm. moleskins if we're feeling fancy. Sketchbooks. Yeah, just yeah. filled to the brim with Japanese stationery. Notes. I do. I have a lot of those. Yeah, I know. I get a yucca cuddle. Okay. Filled with like notes, ideas, topics that we want to go over, theories about stuff that we've talked about before or haven't talked about yet. Mm -hmm. Reminders of like people to reach out to or people that we want to have on the show. And that's not even counting like our, uh, what's it like the notes app on our phones oh, or yeah. like voice memos that we're just like, mm -hmm. we're out and about and just randomly record like, hey, this is a good idea. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I mean, we just have all this stuff. And mm -hmm. so it's not like super uncommon for us to be talking on the phone and get like really fired up about like a specific topic. And then basically it just ends up sort of slipping through the cracks mm -hmm. and kind of being lost in the ether. In the ether, man. Mm -hmm. and, and it just happens like constantly. I mean, I'm pretty sure that already happened this morning. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. we just get to talking and then we're like, oh man, this is so cool. And then, normal life sort of happens and yeah. it's not possible listen if there's one thing the history of evolution has taught us it's that life will not be contained life breaks free it expands to new territories and it crashes through barriers painfully maybe even dangerously but uh, i'm simply saying that life uh finds a way by the way so anyway that new jurassic park oh trailer boy <whistles> new jurassic park dude incredible it looks Wild. You know, some people like complain about the quote unquote fan service stuff. Hey, man, we live in a crazy world. You know, we'll, like, can we'll we take just it. have some? Come on. I think it's awesome. Man. I think it's amazing. I mean, so it's cool. like I, I want all of the like cha being chased by raptors and 
in you know Rome or Greece or wherever they are yeah. in Italy. <laughs> that looks kind of crazy, but I mean, still, it's it is what it is. I man, want right? it all. Like, what are we trying to do here? This is not a Shakespearean play. This is it's Jurassic Park, man. Yeah, it's supposed to be big, crazy. I mean, it's lit- the story is based off of an amusement park filled with dinosaurs. So exactly, what are we talking about yeah. here? What do you What do you want? You want me to get crazy about it? <laughs> I can get crazy. All yeah, right, anyway. Well, real quick, to that point, I'm pretty sure my little story today, we were literally talking about this before we recorded the first episode. But the first, yeah, the first episode of the podcast, mm-hmm. for sure. That just goes to show how, like, how it's these, how long it takes. They just guys. get lost. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, dude, there's just so many cool things to talk about. And we're, you know, we both suffer pretty tremendously mm. uh, from just like attention deficit disorder, oh, anyhow. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> it's very easy for us to get, kind of get distracted or, you know, hear about something else that we want to cover or, or whatever. But this time around, we had talked about both of these sort of cases of unsolved radness. Mm-hmm. And it was like the other day or like, I guess maybe last week, my oldest, my nine-year-old walks into my office and he's like, uh, hey, dad, um, have you guys talked about this like, there's like this mystery where this guy back in 1987 mm-hmm. hijacked this TV station. And I was like, uh, and he's like, yeah, he had this like really creepy mask or whatever. It seems pretty cool. And, you know, not only was that just like a proud fatherhood moment for mm-hmm. me, but I couldn't, nah, at first it didn't register that he was talking about this Max Hedrum thing. Right. Yeah. And until I, like, I kind of like, I was like, hmm? so I, you know, Googled TV hack 1987. And then when this popped up, I was like, Oh man, I completely forgot about yeah. this. We had talked about it. We wanted to cover it, and so which, by the way, I was meaning to ask, where would he have heard about so, this? So there's this like cool like YouTube channel uh, that they're allowed to watch in their gifted class. That's how it starts well, and yeah, dude, dude. He also was like, oh man, you guys, you guys should also cover. And this is no joke. He was like, you guys should also cover um, DB Cooper. And I'm like, what? Whoa, that's you cool. know about DB Cooper, yeah. and so like it's really cool because wow. you know they kind of like you know clean it up a little, yeah. Anyhow, that's how we got to where we are now. After realizing that it was this Max Headroom incident, I, th- I thought, man, we got to cover this, and that's kind of what uh, what got us here. So, <laughs> dude, are you ready to uh, you ready to go down this rabbit trail? Boy, I'm ready, friend. Okay, folks, pop into that DeLorean and let's head back to uh, 1987. You know. I think for any listener that's younger than us by, I don't know, 10 years or more, Mm -hmm. I got to say most of our listeners are our age, which is super rad. But in case you didn't grow up when we did, this is a different time. I mean, heck, you had to have like a license to be able to even have a show like we have now, Mm -hmm. right? And, And so technology was much different. But just imagine it's a Sunday night, November 22nd. 1987, a local Chicago sportscaster named Dan Roan is just narrating the highlights of the Chicago Bears who had just put a stomping on the Detroit Lions. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, without like any warning or anything, like the TV signal just kind of like flickers a little bit and then it just goes straight black. And then it's quickly replaced with like this weird grainy, you know, almost looks like it... If I was viewing it, I think it would just probably look normal. Because back then, we didn't have high definition. It was kind of like crappy definition. I don't know. You you know, it was just bad, right? Everything was blurry and grainy. Um, But this footage pops up, and it's this weird-looking 
figure that's kind of like squat and they're wearing like a suit and this like eerie rubber mask and a pair of you know dark sunglasses and they're just kind of like bouncing around maniacally pretty scary yeah and no doubt like anybody that was at that time like upper 40s early 50s this weird rubber mask just kind of looked like a weird mix between like Richard Nixon, mm-hmm. like Joker, you know, right. this weird grin, that, you know, this permagrin basically that's on there. We, of course, now know that it was a mask of Max Hedrum. Mm-hmm. Static kind of like hissed throughout the signal. You actually heard part of that, this initial, I guess, hack in that intro sequence that you just heard. There was no, you know, he didn't say anything, essentially. Yeah. And this weird sort of slab of corrugated metal that was spinning uh is that how they did that background yeah and we'll get we'll get to like some of the the things that they were able to kind of determine on how they did it all but like well because like this to me that was like that looked really legit yeah like it was like the mask was sort of a dead giveaway of like oh this is like somebody just kind of screwing around but then it was like how are they doing that in the background it 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 looked just like the yeah like the real crappy version of the of the max max hedrum sort of like uh show or whatever Mm -hmm. Relatively quickly, I think that lasted for just, you know, 10 seconds or something. Yeah. The folks at the, at the TV station were able to, like, switch the uplink frequency, and the studio kind of zapped it back onto the screen. And then, as viewer, you're just sort of, um, you just see, like, the the newscaster, the sportscaster, Dan Rohn, just kind of, like, sitting there at the desk, kind of smiling weird. You can tell he's just nervous as heck, <laughs> completely dumbfounded. And he's like, I think he even says something like, well, if you're wondering what's happened, <laughs> so am I. Actually, the computer that we have running our news from time to time took off and went wild. So what we're going to do is start over from the top Laughs of the it off and then yeah. keep and on going. The so, like, right then and there, folks kind of recognized, oh, that was Max Hedrum. I don't think a lot of people knew kind of what to make of it at that moment. Again, mm-hmm. this is like 9.30 or so on Sunday night. People could recognize Max Hedrum because by 1987 – he was already kind of like a cult character that people. This is Max um, He was like on like, could like Coke commercials. And, yeah, man. He had like a Coke commercial. Even before that, like in 85, he was like a VJ for like this British music television show. Oh, and he had right. like a couple like Cinemax things and a few TV specials. And, and then finally, like he ended up having his own hour long TV show that only had like which is just amazing to me that it only had 11 episodes before it was canceled because it was up against miami vice which is boy that's tough competition back then well i mean that's crazy the fact that they had that much faith in it to be like yeah man even in an hour let's put it put it against don johnson yeah and the premise of the show is kind of cool it's like it's about this like tv journalist uh who lives in like this dystopian future Mm -hmm. and essentially like that journalist's job is he starts to kind of unravel these like, you know, major corporations that are like doing all this bad stuff. Anyways, they somehow sort of like take his personality and put it into this computer. And then that's what makes mm. Max Hedrum. Max Hedrum. And what's funny too about him is like, even growing up, I thought, man, that is the best computer graphics I've ever seen. Yeah. The funny thing is, it's not computer graphics. It was just like tons of ma- makeup and latex and all kinds of stuff, yeah. which is pretty impressive, really. Mm-hmm. It really is. Uh, for the time. So initially, 
the folks there at that local uh, TV station was called WGN TV, which again is a local Chicago station. Start freaking out. They think, especially because of the time and the ability to be able to do something like that, they think, well, this has to be an inside job. Mm -hmm. Someone in this building is doing this. And so they scrambled and tried to find someone in the building. It's Um, gotta be Gary. It's, you know, he's (laughs) pissed, man. But nobody was there, man. And so it was just kind of like, well, I don't, I don't know what's going on. It, you know, caused a stir, but it wasn't really until like a couple hours later when it happened again. And here's what's cool. You know, again, going back in time a little bit, it's very easy for us to just have content, anything that we want to watch, we can just press a button now Mm -hmm. and it's there. You know, back in the day, you had to like program your VCR and hopefully you had a VCR so that you could tape it and people would tape TV shows, um, oh yeah, just so they could All rewatch the them again because you know it's like it would it was a big deal for then that episode, for example, to mm-hmm. kind of come back and play again. You know that rerun you might not see again for like years. Yeah, and so like during a broadcast of Doctor Who, which it's so funny, man. I was just talking about this with our buddy Clay, mm-hmm. who's also listening right now. Hey, Clay. You know, he and I were, were talking about Doctor Who. It's it's something that I've never actually same. even seen a single episode. Exact same. Yeah, and there's like this huge following oh, of, yeah. that surrounds it. And, and uh, Neil Gaiman's I mean, even written. I mean, there's like comics and all kinds of stuff. No, but I'm saying I, Neil Gaiman's written like episodes and stuff, which see, is pretty I mean, awesome. The cool thing is, though, I love it whenever I kind of figure out that, oh, there's this huge thing yeah. that exists that I haven't watched yet. And so I know that, like, at some point, whenever I get time, I can just dive in and just, like, oh, just have tons of stuff to consume. Although it's much, like, lost for me in the sense of, like... Well, I was about to bring up Lost. You, you are. should definitely do it. Uh, it's also fairly daunting because this goes all the way back to the 70s. So there's, like... Oh, this is far more daunting, dude. Yeah. Lost is, like, six seasons. Come on. No, no, no. I know. No, I'm saying, like, I have that feeling already about Lost, but Doctor Who is, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm not... I don't even want to watch a commercial. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Although the new ones do kind of look pretty cool. See, I don't. I just don't know enough about them. But I don't really. I did a commission uh, on my last list, and I had to look up a bunch of stuff because I, I knew nothing about them. So yeah. So anyhow, two hours later from this initial break in at eleven fifteen mm-hmm. on PBS, they were playing this episode of Doctor Who called "The Horror of Fang Rock," mm. when all of a sudden, again, the the static cuts in, kind of like. The scan lines of a VCR, you know, yep. the tracking, tracking. kind of like yeah. glitch happens. And unlike the previous 30 second or so hacking, this one had audio. Mm. And it's kind of hard to make out. It's about a minute and 20 plus seconds. That's a long um, time. Yeah, man. And, uh, well, actually, let's just play it now. You should talk often with the old ones of your tribe. That is the only way to learn. I'll get you a hot drink, miss. Your 
So, as you can tell whenever you're listening, well, the reason I was talking about people taping stuff is that's why this footage now exists. Right. You can find it on YouTube. And it's all because someone, not someone, but multiple people, hundreds, you know, thousands or whatever, were recording that episode that night. And Mm -hmm. so we have like physical copy of this break-in. Mm-hmm. And so as you as you listen to it, though, some of the stuff he's saying, you can't really make out initially, but after like, you know, so many people have kind of studied it and, and sort of figured out what he was saying and all this. Do you want me to kind of like break down line for line all this? Because I mean, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Okay. So the first thing he says <clears throat> is he's a freaking nerd. And he says, I think I'm better than Chuck Swirsky, freaking liberal. <laughs> and so who he's referring to there is this a uh, famous Chicago Bulls announcer who was at the time WGN's radio, like he was like the most popular sportscaster for mm. the radio. And wait, real quick. And so you're saying that this this new one is, is still on the same network? It's still on the same channel? No, it's channel nine. So yeah, it's a different, mm. it's a different channel. Wow. Yeah, so he's, he's again referring to the Chicago Bulls announcer who was also WGN radio's go-to sp- sportscaster. Mm-hmm. And same kind of deal, the scene behind him, it's it's this metal panel spinning almost like hypnotically. If you've seen Max Hedrum, you can kind of imagine. And and I do encourage you to kind of go and, and watch this footage. And I think what it will try to do is put it up on our Instagram as well so yeah. you can kind of see. It's so weird. Yeah, it's it's very strange. It's very bizarre. Like the uh, real Max Hedrum is Yeah, that's weird already enough, but weird. This is, yeah. this is, which is really weird. Mm-hmm. And he, he he basically starts saying like a bunch of just like random stuff. This is kind of funny. He actually, he holds up a Pepsi can and says, catch the wave and then throws the Pepsi can. That's a little nod to the new Coke slogan, catch the wave, which Max Hedrum was oh, right. a, um, you know, a spokesperson for or whatever. He did the, the Coke commercial for mm-hmm. that, which, you know, is kind of, again, an interesting piece of irony because Max Hedrum was kind of a character who was like sort of against anti. huge corporations. Right, yeah. right. And now he has this like huge brand deal with <laughs> a giant corporation. And by the way, this is a great time to kind of insert the fact that Coca-Cola destroys Pepsi all day long. Yeah. You heard it here first. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean, as far as the cola flavors, I don't, you know, like I think Pepsi's like other drinks kind of destroy Coca-Cola's other drinks. Like what? No, we do Dr. Pepper versus... um what is co- co- Oh, no, no, no. You are right about Dr. Pepper. It's better. Yeah. And Mr. Pibb. Yeah, or, um, well, Sprite is, you're right. 
Okay. Although Sierra Mist, kind of goes back for, Yeah, no. Sprite's way better than yeah. Sierra Mist. Mm-hmm. Even though you used to love that Sierra Mist. No, I just knew that Taco Bell was a Pepsi place, well, and so you don't ask for Sprite well, first at Taco of all, Bell because they say, would you like Sierra Mist? We were so not at Taco Bell. We, we were not at Taco Bell. We were at Taco Bell. We were at Waffle House uh-uh. after nope. a long night of drinking. Not true, Yes, man. we did. No, dude. It was, we were in the drive-thru at Taco Bell, and I was like, Sierra Mist, please. And you're like... Well, Sierra Mist, please. You also did it at the Waffle House or Huddle no, it House. Was Huddle House, and that's another Pepsi place, man. Mm. I guess I do remember that. Yeah. Anyway, see. although you know, Coke, even though they were like, I feel like Pepsi like came in hard, man, with like the oh, Michael Jackson, celebrity. yeah, dude, Michael yeah, Jackson, dude, that was like, big. Uh, yeah. I mean, what a what a like a marketing war those two had. Yeah, I mean, Michael. I will say like Pepsi's. Like, it's not bad, but it almost just kind of tastes like Coke after a Coke has been sitting for yeah. 10 minutes, and it's sort of watered down a little. I kind of liked Pepsi's, like, branding and stuff a lot better, too. It was definitely, like, super sort of 80s. Yeah. You know, it really embraced And, that. like, simplistic, too, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like, okay, boy, did we get on a tangent there. Sure did, pal. So oh, then, I, actually, real quick. Okay. <laughs> well, while we're off in the weeds, I figured I would just sort of interject something. It's funny that you're talking about sort of synchronistic that we're talking about Doctor Who because so I'm wanting to do an episode coming up about what's called lost media. Do you know what that is? It's and media that's lost, you know? Well, yeah, but it's sort of like like pre-internet uh, sort of media that's just been sort of lost to time. And speaking of that, Doctor Who actually has like I, I think it's like almost like half of the very, very first season mm-hmm. um is lost to time because they would re-record on those same like master tapes and you know so you can't find it you can't find them anywhere and and like the you know the vcr like the home sort of recording i think some have kind of been maybe sort of found you know pieces or whatever but for the most part yeah there's there's like a a good bit of episodes that have that have completely sort of disappeared which is i love that stuff yeah dude that's really cool. cool Back on the road. Back on the road here. All right. So then, oh, yeah, he starts to hum this theme. And so this kind of stuff, like, I love to kind of figure out because I feel like it's either done with, like, an absolute purpose Mm. or it's just a bunch of, like, random stuff. And trying to figure that out is just, like, the fun stuff. So, like, you've got the catch the wave thing. And then he starts humming the theme to this, like, 1960s cartoon called – so he starts to hum the theme to this 1960s animated series called Clutch. Cargo. Yeah, I haven't heard this. So and this he is... says, I still see the X, which apparently is some direct reference to Clutch Cargo's final episode. And whenever I looked up Clutch Cargo, it's so funny, dude. You know, it's one of those like animated styles where <clears throat> the characters are like in a static position mm-hmm. and then only their mouth is replaced oh, by like, yeah. a human mouth. Sort of like like Thundar the Barbarian or like spa- early Space Ghost was kind of like that. Johnny Quest is a good example. I mean, where they just had like a human mouth. Oh, no, 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 not like No, I'm talking no, about like, you remember like those weird like thumb? Yeah, anime, that's... You know, like that kind of stuff where like Conan O'Brien would do it every now yeah, right, and then. Like right, right, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. so like... I thought you um, meant like the the figure was standing there and like only the mouth, like no, the mouth flat no, no, no. was... Animated. No, it's even it's even worse than that. Yeah, those so are like, weird. Yeah, it's I found out just because I wanted to do research on it um, that it's a technique called Synchrovox, mm. which cool was name. developed to save money um, in the fifties and sixties on cartoons and animators and stuff like that. Instead of having to draw so many panels, yeah, and all that animation, they could just have that person there and then 
pay one dude to be like, well, that's not crazy, Johnny. Wait a minute. So, I, did Was that on like, I don't know if you remember this. They used to, it was like in syndication, like when I was like really young. But I remember when I would get ready for school in the mornings on like some channel, it was like, uh, what are they called? Like the fabulous, like Thunderbirds or something? Yes, dude. I think so. Yes, 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 I yes. I think they I may have so. done that it's too. Something like that. They're like yeah. puppets, almost like, I think that's where well, they got the vibe for. Maybe. I don't know. Now we're, or maybe now not. I don't know. But anyhow, it, it was just like a little piece of trivia that I think is kind of cool. Certainly like before our generation, but mm-hmm. I always wonder like, well, you know, I would have never known as a kid, like, yeah, oh, that's why they're doing it. They're just saving money. It makes sense now. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, he hums that and says, I still see the X. Um, and then he says, I just made a giant masterpiece for all the greatest world newspaper nerds. Mm. This was apparently like a, a dig at local Chicago TV because the call sign for the station WGN, the abbreviation stands for World's Greatest Newspaper, mm. which was a slogan taken from the Chicago Tribune who also owned uh, the TV station. It's so a world's greatest nerd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the camera cuts to Max from like a, a new angle. And he's kind of like facing off screen and he's bent over. His mask kind of dangles near the camera. Well, one thing I forgot to mention here. During one of the scenes, he's got like what looks to be, it's so funny because like in the news broadcast, they kind of call it a... Along with a display of a marital aid and a portion of... Mm-hmm. I think that was the... I think for <laughs> for the censors, that was the appropriate way to uh, say like, like a rubber rubber peen sex toy. Yeah, yeah, like on his on his hand on <laughs> one of his fingers. Okay, and he's just like you know that's when he when he's saying catch the wave, he's got that sucker <laughs> on his hand. Well, then <laughs> this dude's just a total troll, right? I think yeah. Well, then whenever it cuts to that other scene, which by the way, I'll, I'll talk about that too. It that is like hanging out of the mask's mouth. Oh. And the the mask is kind of like dangling near the front of the camera. He's kind of bent over in the other direction, his face off screen, and his he's got like his bare butt just hanging out. And he just says, they're coming to get me. He's, he like kind of screams it. This lady kind of comes on screen, like kind of spanks his butt with the flash water. Hmm. And then he yells, come get me, bitch. And then has this like weird scream and then it cuts out and Doctor Who starts over again. Wow. Super, super weird. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, like every single, the the, the TV stations are just, the, the phones are just like ringing off the hook. Oh, yeah. Um, Which, did you I ever mean, do that? Did you ever like call the TV like, station? Like the local TV station? No. Because no. back in the 80s, like you would always hear of like, you know, something happening. And then you would hear of like, oh, so many people were outraged at, something and and they yeah. everybody was calling in it's like i i never knew of anybody that had done that uh, yeah i mean our grandparents probably did maybe yeah. you know they, they're the ones that like would write a strongly worded letter right right yeah yeah no 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 i do remember having to call into the uh the movie theater to figure out what time a movie started and having to like listen to the whole thing oh, yeah. and somebody comes in interrupts and you're like no <laughs> you have to like wait for the whole thing to repeat itself yeah Oh, not even, and even more so than that. Do you remember? Well, I don't know if you had this in your town. In my town, you could dial like the area code and then 4,500 and it would tell of like the school delays. Oh, yeah. If schools were canceled, the weather. Yeah. uh, Yeah, yeah, that was cool. cool. And you would literally, like, so I lived in White County, so I would have to listen to like 
10 minutes of all the counties listed off before it got to mine. Good times. Great oldies. Do you remember that, Jim? Uh, Fox 97. Oh, yeah, man, 97.1. Yeah, the oldies. So, like, while most, it's funny, too, like, a lot of these news broadcasts would have, like, some of the, like, statements from viewers and stuff. And, you know, as you could probably predict, a lot of the sort of older folks were just like, I mean, I was just extremely mad. I don't know. You know, and 1987, probably not a lot of bare butts are being shown mm. Yeah. Uh, on on air, yeah. you know, and so even though I'm sure not very many kids were up at eleven fifteen uh, at night, if they programmed their VCR to tape it and they watched it the next day, mm-hmm. boy, now they have this uh, weird thing. This guy's got a rubber peen on his hand, and yeah. you know all this kind of stuff. So there were a lot of people that were upset. On the flip side of that, this is also the time when actually like hacking wasn't even really a thing they used to call it freaking mm. with a ph p h r e a k i n g what did they get that name at i don't know but what that was is whenever you would sort of tap into telecommunication lines and stuff like that mm-hmm. there was all this like gear in fact one of my buddies in high school used to have some of that stuff and we would do it all the time actually that's all awesome. <laughs> tap in to do like free calls or like call random numbers and also like prank people and stuff. It was really cool. Yeah. Hey there, jerky. <laughs> a lot of those sort of like cyberpunk type folks were like, man, this is amazing. This was like sort of like their their banner of oh, uh, yeah. victory really, yeah. you know? And they thought, man, this is like anything's possible, mm-hmm. right? Like we can we can hack in, we can we can disrupt to yeah, we can disrupt. We can kind of put across like our own agenda. And you can kind of see like both sides of it. Because ultimately what happened was local authorities and even very, very quickly federal authorities got involved. Because really the danger of like a threat, threat, whether it's foreign or domestic, Mm -hmm. their ability to be able to like hack into a TV signal and broadcast to so many people. I mean, there's a lot of danger in that. You know, imagine like immediately I think of like the uh, radio broadcast whenever they did... uh, Orson Welles, War of the Worlds, and it just caused like this crazy panic. Imagine if somebody was able to do that, Mm -hmm. but with like visuals and, you know, I mean, you could just have chaos Chaos. on your hands. Yeah, yeah. You know, not to mention, and we'll get to some of these two, some other things that have happened throughout time, because what they found out was, look, to be able to do this, you had to have some pretty expensive, heavy-duty equipment. Mm -hmm. You had to have some sort of foundational knowledge to be able to successfully hack into a TV station, you know? Yeah. And well, I I don't I, I don't know exactly where you're going, but I I would like okay. to well, add that a nice, you know. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I, I don't know if you're I'm getting sure there's a nicer way to say it. I don't know. I'm what I'm saying is I don't know if you're getting into like the you know how they did it and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean I can, yeah. Um well before you do that, another episode which we've I've been trying to get us to do since before the first episode, 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 is uh, the mystery of the Toynbee tiles, which is like such mm-hmm. a fascinating thing. But anyway, in that story, we're gonna do an episode on it, or maybe even two, because it's pretty, it's pretty fascinating. But basically, this dude would go around and like, or dudes, we, it's still sort of left open, you know. But he would leave these tiles that would have these sort of cryptic messages. Uh, saying like resurrect dead dead on planet Jupiter and like all these weird sort of symbols symbols and stuff and I'm pretty sure I've seen several uh especially and like, not just laying around but like embedded into yeah yeah concrete and sidewalk yeah they they were like building made out of like plastic and so like when the 
when the roads would like heat up, it would sort of melt and it would sort of bind it to the the place. But anyway, this this same character, whoever it is, went through this this period where several nights in a row he would I guess they sort of have figured out that like he he would set up these like antennas on his car that were like almost like 10 foot tall, which is like pretty mm. funny to think about. And he would like drive around the neighborhood like sort of relaying this like, you know, mobile which was in the 80s, so it was like pretty advanced, but this like mobile pirate radio basically. And so he had this antenna that would increase the signal strong enough to disrupt anything that he like drove beside. Mm. And so it would be in these like little, little like areas, you know, it's like you could almost like see the, where he was going because yeah, that would like be trail. like, trail. yeah, his like little trail that that's, those are the people that, you know, they'd be watching the news and all of a sudden the TV would go black and it would, be his weird diatribe about, you know, we can resurrect dead souls on the planet Jupiter if we do, boy, yada, yada, yada. It's fascinating. We'll get into it. But uh, that just reminded me of that, that whole, yeah. like, pirate radio, mm-hmm. you know, giant antenna thing. Did did any of that kind of thing play into this? I mean, kind of. So basically, like, their theory, because, by the way, not to spoil the sort of ending here, but they never have found yeah. the culprit. Love no it. one ever came forward that don't know who did it. Now, there have been other cases like this that, again, we will also get into in just a second. Mm. They did; they were able to find those people. Mm. So really, this is all kind of theory about how it would have been done. But essentially, whatever the microwave signal of that station, that 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 those antenna on top of that tower mm-hmm. were, the Max Hedrum hacker, basically all they had to do was overpower those specific frequencies yeah, to be yeah. able to kind of, um, you know, bust in. And what's interesting is those receivers were on top of the John Hancock building in, in Sears Tower. Mm. Um, so somebody to, had to go know, up there. Or just point them toward that area. I, and I saw a diagram of essentially all they had to do was to switch on their transmission equipment at a high enough location so maybe like a high-rise apartment or mm. a roof or somewhere like between the two st- uh, studios and their downtown transmitters. You know, radio mm. waves are, are super interesting, man. And like the physics behind them are so like, once you start digging into them, it's so simple that it's kind of weird. Yeah. You know? Like it's sort of like if you're listening to an AM station and you go behind a mountain and just cuts out, yeah. you know, because it's such a physical thing that's just like, for lack of a better like way to put it, floating through the air. It's, mm-hmm. it's really just bizarre. But by overriding those sig- uh, those signals, they could trick those transmitters into sending out their own signal. And so, you know, their theory was <clears throat> that they had to have been close enough. And they were able to kind of triangulate where they could have possibly been. And it was like a northwest hmm. part of Chicago. Yeah, I was going to ask if there was any way that they could actually like sort of pinpoint where yeah. it was coming from. They kind of had a general area, but again, they never found anything. And, and they also said later, like the authorities said that like, you know, I don't even think they would have technically had to have super costly or sophisticated equipment. They just had to have something that was just powerful enough mm-hmm. to overpower that microwave yeah. that, you know, could get the, the job done. Mm-hmm. Another thing too is initially people thought this was a live broadcast and that's, you know, again, going back to that Channel 9, when it interrupted the sports broadcast, how they kind of just like searched the building or whatever. Mm-hmm. The thing was, it was very obvious later, uh, and you'll, you'll kind of see whenever you watch the, the footage, that it was taped. Like it's a pre-taped yeah. thing. Right, exactly. They just transmitted, yeah. um, which is also smart because then you could do it from 
anywhere and not be dressed like that and get caught, you know? Yeah. Well, and also, like, the the second one has, like, multiple sort of angles and mm-hmm. it's a little more. The first one's, yeah, like, and, just. And the way it cuts to that part, too, is so weird and choppy that you're like, oh, okay, they just, like, press pause on the yeah on the thing yeah so i mean the fcc the fbi i mean all these folks were kind of involved trying to investigate this trying to figure out how this happened where it came from mm-hmm. they kind of again just came up with that theory and just never really were able to figure anything else out man mm. this is this is kind of one of those things this is a relatively new kind of crime and so like even even like the fine initially wasn't really that crazy it was like you know you might spend some time in jail and you know there's a little bit of a fine mm-hmm. so it ended up sort of like causing them to sort of come up with stricter laws about this kind of stuff which, um, which i wonder if that played in i mean because it what you're talking about I, i'm sure kind of leads into the whole like the, like the pirate radio sort of craze mm-hmm. which a lot of people were like really into back in the 80s i wonder if this kind of led to that sort of being outlawed and it it being like a more of like a crime instead of just something you didn't do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even before Reddit existed, there were, you know, bulletin boards or BBSs or, Usenet you know, groups. Yeah, all these like groups where people with dial-up modems and stuff could like mm-hmm. chat about stuff. Even back then, people were posting on those things, speculating who or how and all this kind of stuff. Who or- and he there and so like some of those like one of them said like uh, the fcc is looking into how someone could intercept broadcasts i've studied this for a long time believe me it's not hard especially overriding superstations they showed a videotape of what was transmitted it was definitely homemade it was pretty neat we'll strike again i can guarantee it hmm. and then someone <laughs> responded to that with who's we lizard face <laughs> what's also interesting is that about a year earlier HBO was hacked by someone mm. who called themselves Captain Midnight. Man, that's cool. Now, yeah, I definitely. write that down. I like that. <laughs> the, you know, on this one, it was a little less uh, intense, actually. It was just a single, the screen flickered mm-hmm. into like the color bars, you know, like the TV color bars. Yep. And then it just said, in a simple text, it just said, Good evening, HBO from Captain Midnight. $12.95 per month. No way. Showtime <laughs> slash movie channel. Beware. <laughs> And it only lasted for like four and a half minutes, but it was in the middle of an HBO broadcast. Now that wow, that's is cool. extremely sophisticated. Right? Yeah, how would how would they have done that? So they they found this guy. What it was was this this guy who was a I think he was like a satellite salesman mm. at the time. I think like it was becoming harder and harder for him to sell. And I'm thinking like these gig. Remember those gigantic satellites? We're not talking about the the one the small ones that you can like. Put oh, on dude, top we of had your, one. Yeah, dude, it's like the size of a dang room in oh, your yard. Yeah. You had to have like a big, big yard. And what was well, we had ours in our like back pasture, mm-hmm. and you it had like a box that sat on your TV, and you would like turn it, and it would go, and it would physically like turn to yeah. the corresponding satellite. Yeah, man. so cool. It's insane, and that was like. It's- top technology oh man yeah like my grandparents had one of those and you know like but you know you would have a thousand channels all of them were just like eastern europe japan you know like it was just a bunch of weird stuff on there i do kind of wish that i still had access to that i mean i'm sure you could find it online somewhere now but i remember like near the end i just i was just thinking like i'm just gonna like like you know cruise around and see if i find anything you would find like these weird um here we go no, 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 just like public, like road cameras. Like they were on the roads in like Europe and Russia and stuff. 
that you could oh, just man. literally just watch people throughout the day. It's really bizarre. Yeah. It's like, sounds, it's like who's doing this? I mean, you, you wanted to, so that kind of sounds like yeah. weird. But uh, Side note also, uh, Captain Midnight was actually a U.S. adventure franchise, first broadcast as a radio serial from 1938 to 1949. Mm. Fun fact. Interesting, so that's what he, what he used there. But anyhow, this, this satellite salesman who's kind of mad about all this kind of stuff, he found out a way to uplink down in, like, he was down in Florida or something like that and used, mm. like, this text generator program to display the text on the screen. Mm-hmm. The guy's name was John McDougal. Uh, sounds fake. Definitely. And anyhow, he pointed to like a satellite in the direction of the satellite that carried HBO one, or I'm sorry, HBO and broadcast his, uh, his, his message. Um, oh, so and, that was, I, and I, I haven't thought of this in years, but yeah, there also used to be on those like satellites. It would be like, I remember HBO West, HBO East. Mm-hmm. They were all kind of like, you know, different, I guess, time zones, yeah. different satellites and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's really Yeah, cool. it was like a big deal when you, even like, gosh, man, when we were like in our 20s, like you get HBO, but you get the whole package and you have like seven different HBO yeah. channels mm-hmm. whatever, with playing different things. But anyhow, in September of 1987, um, Playboy TV was hijacked with a, um, like a religious message, which is kind of <laughs> hilarious. Awesome. Um, because I was wondering, you know, like, does this kind of stuff still go on? Because obviously technology is a little bit different. I imagine it's a little bit harder uh, than it was back then just to simply, you know, stand in front of the signal and put your own there, you right. know. And yeah, I mean, the answer is it it still does happen, much less common. You know, the fines and the penalties are, are a lot more intense. You know, that guy that uh, hacked HBO, I think he got like a, he got charged with broadcasting without a license, which, you know, yeah, big deal. You know, here here's a hundred bucks or whatever. In 2007, New Jersey viewers who were watching, I think it was called like Handy Manny, this cartoon on Playhouse Disney. Mm-hmm. I know what, all you're, of I know what you're talking about, yeah. Found themselves watching porn. Whoa. For a few seconds. <laughs> and then in 2009, this disgruntled Comcast employee interrupted the Super Bowl, man, Ooh. for uh, Tucson, Arizona viewers with 37 full seconds of pornography. Wow. Yeah. So, so, so a lot of the reason that that's like such a big deal, especially with like something like the Super Bowl, like these companies like Ford and Budweiser, and it's like they're paying millions and millions and millions mm-hmm. and millions of dollars to like have these ads on. So if if some local yokel comes on and pirates the signal and that's 30 seconds of maybe it was like during an ad time, that's mm-hmm. like some that's a serious that's a big deal, you know. Yeah, man. I mean, it's uh it's that's the most expensive airtime and commercial yeah. time that, that there is. In the, yeah. Over time, dude, they I mean, gosh, even in pop culture this ability, this this scenario mm-hmm. has I mean, we've seen this, I mean, gosh, in, in um, 89 Batman, you know, Joker kind of pipes in, interrupts the news broadcast, and... New and improved Joker products! With a new secret ingredient! Smiley. What is this? Mm-hmm. Um, in, you were talking about pirate radio in uh, that movie, Pump Up the Volume. With Christian Slater. Oh, right, in the, in yeah. In the 90s, right? Like, that was his deal. But it was, you know, it wasn't TV interruption, but it was like yeah. radio. Wouldn't he be like a college yeah, radio guy? like a college DJ. Yeah. Um, I think. And then, There was also another movie that, where they, yeah. they, they would like go out on like a boat or something. 
Oh, I don't know. I don't know. But in in 95, the movie Hackers, at the very beginning of the movie, like mm. the main guy, uh, he's like talking to his mom. He's like, yeah, I'm just taking over a TV station. Um, and of course, V for Vendetta, you yeah. know, uh, yeah. in 2005. I mean, that kind of sort of cyberpunk ability, you know, it's very- um, It's cool. Yeah, it's cool, man. It's, it's punk, you know? I mean, it's I mean like Hackers a, was like, like dude, the coolest- well, first, that was the first time I ever saw Angelina Jolie. Me Julie. too. And she has and never looked better man. than in that movie. And also, it was just such a, for the <clears throat> for the time, it was so cool. I mean, I saw that in the theater, I believe, even though I think it's rated R. Um, is, it, is it really? So I think I may have snuck in. I mean, I think it, I it does show boobs. Yeah, de- no, it definitely does. Chaff mm-hmm. Hill? Hmm? Um, <laughs> so anyway, there, there are a bunch of theories about who this person was. There's one that's just like, long, extremely long Reddit theory that I won't even get into, but I'll put the links to it though mm-hmm. in our show notes. So wherever you're listening to this, like it'll be there because it is very fascinating about this guy who grew up in Chicago in 87 and he and his friends who were kind of like into this stuff a little bit. One of his friends had this like older, he says autistic brother. It sounds more to me like more like, um, like Asperger's on syndrome. the spectrum, but like yeah, like Asperger's or something like that. Like in social settings, didn't really know how to do things. But there's mm. this connection that stood out to him that like when the Max Hedrum hacker guy gets on the screen, he says, "Oh, before everything." Mm-hmm. And this guy, this kid's friend, used to say that all the time, and and was just kind of like really sort of just wouldn't answer questions, would say things like very um, randomly, you know, from things that he liked, one of them being, you know, these old cartoons and stuff like that. So anyhow. Very sort of like nonlinear, just sort of random stuff all kind of to get mixed together. Yeah. There have been some people that have tried to kind of like say, oh, it was me, but then come to find out that they didn't realize that it was a pre-recorded tape. And so they're like, yeah, no, no, we broadcasted it live. And they're like, whoop. Mm. That's definitely not you. Yeah. You're done, right? I so think that's so lame. Like people trying to take credit for. Yeah. It, it's just like, I've never, it's one of those things that I've never understood. It's like, I mean, I get it that you think that's cool, but I don't know. To me, if I was like really into something and I loved it so much enough to like say that I did it, mm-hmm. wouldn't you feel like, well, once I do this, it kind of ends and it's like not really cool. It's not going to be cool anymore. Yeah. Whether it was, you know, malicious or whatever it certainly is mysterious and Mm -hmm. for the time pretty dang cool yeah very cool uh so dude let's take a quick break and then when we get back let's talk about your rad mystery let's do it after these messages we'll be right back When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. America's future can be determined by our dreams and our visions. It was very intense For over 200 years, there have been reports of giant man-like creatures. From another dimension, another world, I don't know. The most intriguing mystery on the North American continent. Hey, this is Bryce Johnson from the Bigfoot Collectors Club, and you're listening to Tyler and Woody on That Would Be Rad, because... 
That is rad. In the heart of Seattle's Capitol Hill neighborhood lies the world's most mysterious soda vending machine. Nobody knows the true history of the rusting machine, which looks like it was spat straight out of the 70s or 80s. With buttons that only say mystery on them, patrons have no idea what they're buying when they insert their coins into this relic from the past. But, they're all pleasantly surprised with the rare or unavailable cans of soda flavors that appear. Who first installed the outdoor machine? Who stocks it, and who collects the money are all a mystery. It appears the mysteries of the mystery soda machine are continuing. The machine is missing, and it's unknown who took it, or why. All that was left in its place was a simple note that said, going for a walk, need to find myself. myself. Yes, yeah, so this is a particular case, or, or mystery, urban legend, if you will, that, like I said at the top of the show, I have been fascinated, Woody has been fascinated since, I mean, maybe before the podcast started, I want to say. Yeah. If if not that, it was it was like at least right at the very beginning. And it's something that neither of us had ever heard of before. And while I, um, you know, love to kind of look to the mystique or sort of the weird side of things just the sort of the the fact that it's so unanswered is mm-hmm. is just so fascinating with this i think what you're trying to say there is not every mystery needs to be paranormal to be cool right right yeah but there there's there is like just enough i don't know sort of weirdness about it mm-hmm. that that i mean i don't know I, I know everybody would would think i was silly for saying this but i feel like there is just enough weirdness in like the fact of um like these particular, you know, brands and variations of of soda, um, they were kind of un, like, I, I don't know. It's like how how would these people get their hands on these mm-hmm. particular drinks to begin with? Much less, you know, from the late '80s all the way up until till now. You know, it's like, and some of the drinks also were were uh, drinks that were never even available in the United States. So mm-hmm. there is like some kind of like there's a level of like cryptic kind of mystery that that uh it's it's really cool. So yeah, so basically late eighties, every everywhere you look it'll say nineties, but in doing the research I actually found where uh there were several people who were linking it back to the late eighties uh that grew up around the area. Basically there's this like beat up old Coke machine. It was right in front of a place called Broad Broadway Locksmith which was sort of a staple in the area, had been around forever. In Seattle. In Seattle. Yeah, yeah, sorry about that. It's in the Capitol Hill area of Seattle, mm-hmm. kind of in a random little part of, a you know, kind of the city. But it was just one of those things that, you know, if you live in an area where it's just like, oh, yeah, you want to get a Coke, just, just go over there. And originally it only had one, so it had like all your regular stuff, you know, Coke, Sprite, yada, yada, yada. And then it had one button that had the question marks on it and it just said mystery. And that was the one that you would hit. And it sort of became like a little local landmark that was like really cool. Apparently, it had got to a point where on January 2018, it was, I think it was 50 cents 
in the 90s. And then once it got into the 2000s, it went up to 75 cents. And then in January of 2018, the city sort of passed like a sugar, sugary sweet drink tax, mm-hmm. which is weird that it's even called that. But they it upped it from 75, 75 cents to a dollar. And when it did that, it went from having the one mystery button to all of the buttons being mystery buttons. Dude. Which is really cool. Um, a couple, I, Real quick, I remember now when you first brought this up to me is because I went out to Seattle and you're like, right, you know, like, and I, I don't know, we forgot to talk about it before I went out there. So then I came back and you're like, dude, did you check out the mist? And I'm like, what? Yeah. I checked out the gum wall. Is that what you're, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's, it's so cool. So this is a thing that has kind of been around forever. A couple things about it which we, we kind of, you know, mentioned at the top, but after the break, but it had been around forever. Everybody kind of knew about it. Apparently, from the very, very beginning, any questions were asked, any, you know, I think the newspaper came in, like any sort of like bloggers, you know, throughout the years, everybody would go to the Broadway locksmith and say, hey, you know, you guys, you know, you have to be behind this. You know, is it, do you know anybody? And they were always adamant. Like, we know nothing about it. Apparently, the the power from the machine was somehow ran into, like, the same, like, I don't think it would be, like, power grid, but, like, it was basically plugged into the same, like, where the same power came from that did power the Broadway locksmith shop. Mm. Um, but not from the Broadway locksmith. No, no, no. Like, yeah, it, yeah, not from it, but like, like source or whatever. Yeah. Oh. Some of the fascinating things, though. So with every Coke machine, it's a Coke machine. So you have to go through Coke. So, uh, you know, sort of your your armchair detectives through the years have contacted Coke. Nobody at Coke has any records, you know, all throughout the 80s, 70s, 90s. Like, they've never had any records of that particular Coke machine or anybody with a name filed to that location of a Coke machine. Right. Um, it's almost like a franchise, really. Right, yeah. Right? You, like yeah. you had to pay for yeah. the ability to have that Coke machine because you mm-hmm. would have to give them. It's right. not like you just get whatever money you want out yeah. of it. You know? Well, and you think of it, too. I mean, you, especially back in the day, you would have to, like, you know, you're, like, Coke would probably be the ones who would, you know, the, here comes the Coke truck. It would deliver, mm-hmm. and it would put them in the machine and, and all that. From the 2000s on, as per usual, you know, the kids around that time were, were like, vandalizing the machine. You know, people were, like, hitting it with, like, hammers and, like, tagging it with graffiti. Really stupid. But cool. every time that, like, it would mess up or there would be, like, an issue, it was always fixed by either the next day or the, or the day after. Nobody yeah. ever saw, like, anybody come by. Fill it up. Yeah, nobody's ever seen that. Apparently, there was one girl who, uh, I think she took a picture of a white van with a man and a woman standing in front of the machine really late at night one night. And that was, you know, it was like, oh, case closed. We figured it out. But, you know, she, it, nothing was ever really said more than that. It was like, oh, you have a picture of a man and a woman standing in front of the machine. You know, you know, in a white van too, which yeah, I mean that that's kind of interesting. But oh, and then also the sort of the the big like revelation of oh well, it's got to be some of the guys from Broadway Locksmith Shop is because the lot the like padlock on it was a lock that they sold in the shop, and it's like mm. okay, this is a locksmith shop. They're going to probably have like fifty locks you can buy. I just I don't feel like that 
that doesn't sell it for me as far as it like it having to be them just because sure they sell the same lock that happens to be on the machine. But mm-hmm. it would make it certainly like more convenient if you yeah know, yeah whatever. But well, but also you know you got to think about it. I mean, if this were in front of their shop, I mean, if they were like sort of found out that this was their Coke machine and it hasn't been registered and it hadn't been like you know because especially back in the day like you would have to you would have to go through like the courthouse to like mm-hmm. you know because it was like a little mini business basically having a, yeah i'm sure you had to have some sort of like a permit um, yeah permit yeah that's what i was looking for but yeah so in the from the late 80s till june 21st which is interesting because that's my birthday mm-hmm. but uh june 21st 2018 it was a you know a hallmark of the neighborhood. And Hold on a second, dude. I gotta stop you there. This is nuts. Okay, so what? June twenty first, something happens on yours. September sixth, which is my birthday, the 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 signal that was interrupted on the Playboy TV station or whatever with that religious method Whoa. message. September sixth. Oh, that's anyway, awesome. That's crazy, right? Yeah, that is crazy. Uh, also, we were talking about Coke and Pepsi at the top of the show, and mm. you know now we're talking about it. So. Even in like the the late '80s to the '90s, it was known as like like the drinks that you were able to get were drinks that you had never heard of. Um, you mean from in the machine? Yeah, from from like the mystery button, you know. And we're talking stuff that had never been released in the U.S. We're talking about, you know, if it were in the '90s, it would be cans from like your your square flat top cans from like the '70s mm-hmm. popping out. And then as it went along, I mean, even up until like, you know, the late 2000s, uh, 2015 to 2018, even then it were it was like these, you know, some were, were still really vintage, some were bizarre stuff that you, you rarely ever see, you rarely ever would see. But then also, again, stuff that was only sold overseas. So here's some of the flavors that kind of been known to, to spit out. Bacon flavored Coke, mm. uh, Hubba okay. Bubba. Bubblegum flavored soda. Now we're talking. Yeah. Mountain Dew Whiteout. I don't know that I've ever oh, had yeah, that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hawaiian Punch, which Ugh. that's pretty normal, but I've never seen it in a can, I don't think. I think I've seen it in a can, but also gross. Yeah, it's kind of gross. Sunkissed Cherry Lemonade, uh, mm. Black Cherry Fresca, Strawberry Grape Fanta, Pepsi AM, which was like a early 80s thing. Raging Raspberry Pepsi, which was another 80s thing. 7-Up Gold, and then Pineapple Slice. And then those are just like sort of the more obscure ones. But yeah, this thing is, you know, so it's it sort of leads you to believe like, okay, let's look at it in the most mundane light possible. You know, well, somebody's secretly filling this thing. But like, you know, you have this thing set up to make money. And so like the amount of effort and time and I mean, honestly, like, a lot of money to get these obscure drinks. It just doesn't seem, I don't know. If anything, it almost seems like it's its some super rich dude who, you know, money's not really an option kind of thing. And But at the same time, like, I don't know, just, just getting some of these drinks, like, you know, in the 90s, they were saying that, like, they're like the, the flat top cans and stuff like that. I, just, yeah. I don't even know how you would get your hands on that kind of stuff. Because, know, because you didn't have, like, eBay or Craigslist. So I I just, I don't know. Unless you maybe had a connection with somebody who, you know, was overseas that was like kind of transporting goods back and forth at the time. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, there there are a couple, like it kind of reminds me, like if you wanted my theory, 
Well, maybe it's just uh, some sort of uh, Coke machine that is uh, Here we go. Yes. from another yes. dimension, man. See, it's, that's uh, what I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just stuck in ours. It's like, uh, you know, like there's stories of people who literally like have just, their, their families have been watching them out on the farm, oh, yeah. walk towards like where the horses are, and then poof, just disappear. I mean, David Pilatus missing 411. Right. But I mean, these are like people who physically watched their dad mm-hmm. walk through the field to go do something on the farm and then poof, like disappear yeah. right before their eyes kind of thing. Yeah. There's a ton of those witness accounts in history. So what if when that's happening, like that guy's going to another dimension, who's to say that like things can't come into ours yeah. as well, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, the idea, which from what I understand about Doctor Who, like I think this maybe could line up, but, you know, it's like the idea that, and again, this is way crazy sort of thinking but like the idea that there's like some sort of like quantum entanglement tied to this coke machine that's maybe tied to like another coke machine you know in another dimension or in the past and when they're loading up this one coke machine it's spitting it out in the other almost like um well i guess it is quantum quantum entanglement where it's sort of like the the double slit experiment kind of deal where basically they take atoms and if they they manipulate them in one place. If somebody is viewing these or viewing this process, it's it's happening also in in like another place. Mm. Uh, I mean, it's pretty heady sort of physics stuff. But I don't know the idea of like a black hole being on the inside of a Coke machine is just super cool. Yeah, I mean, my sort of like quote unquote normal theory of it is there's I think it's Paul Allen who has this mansion in Seattle that is just humongous and Mm -hmm. if you take like a helicopter tour or or like a a seaplane tour i've actually done both Mm -hmm. in seattle then you you know they typically kind of take you over that mansion or whatever well the the reason it's cool is because like he donates a lot of his own sort of like pop culture collection to this uh i think it's called the museum of pop culture or whatever in Mm -hmm. seattle i mean like crazy stuff dude like Jimi hendrix like song like lyric book oh in his journal like stuff like that is in there and oh wait a minute when i when i lived in la um you remember roby that we mm-hmm. met the engineer in the studio he would go uh i i don't know if maybe paul allen lived in la at the time but or he maybe he had two houses i'm sure but mm-hmm, i'm sure yeah he would go up and and jam with like you know with paul allen apparently he's like a huge rock and roll huge yeah. kind of nerd sort of dude so and, and dude, he That's also cool. owns like he had like it's his own personal collection of movie memorabilia and stuff, mm. like Battlestar Galactica and Star Trek and Ghostbusters and stuff that was like actually used in the films. Yeah, that's cool. <clears throat> and so, like, you're talking about a guy that has so much money that he owns these pieces of our own like pop culture. Mm-hmm. You know, the actual physical like journal yeah. of Jimi Hendrix or whatever. Oh, no, no, no. But and like, he just donates it to this museum for people to see, man, from time to time. And the collection like rotates. Yeah. That's so he'll cool. just like put in like different things at different times. And so it's like, I wouldn't put it past somebody that's like, oh, yeah. Has that much resources to just like do something cool like this for the city and community. Yeah. That's, and that's, have enough money to be like, hey, guys, I've got a permit for it, but let's just keep you know, it on the deal. Lose the file. And then. Because, I mean, like, dude, you and I have talked about this kind of stuff a lot before where we're just like, how cool would it be 
to create something like this for like our own city, Mm -hmm. you know, just have like this strange, like mystery thing that isn't bad or whatever, you know, it's like something cool that kids and people can enjoy. Kind of like the torn tile thing or this. I mean, it's like, yeah, perfect kind of, no, I was going to say he would literally like when they would have these sort of just jams, which I mean, just, it's like, imagine Bill Gates with like a guitar, just jamming, just total nerds. But he was literally, he would be playing like Jimi Hendrix, his guitar. Yeah. And stuff like just that. Insane. Just just to jam, you know. You know, hey. You know, just whatever. I mean. No, that's definitely, that definitely helps out with the whole uh, sort of rich know. guy hypothesis. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, like it kind of said, it a little note was kind of left in its place when it just kind of disappeared one day. Yeah. Just said, it's got an active Facebook page, by the way. Yeah, I saw that. And there was, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, there was like a message that it, that it said like, it may come back home, but mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't know if it's ready to be like touched or something. There's like a, the most recent one, uh, the most recent post was from like January 28th of this year. And it says something like it's got a picture of it. And again, I don't know if this is just an old picture that they've just posted on this. I don't I haven't really looked at this Facebook page much, mm-hmm. but I just see that the most recent post was in January 29th. And it just says, doctor said he can probably fix me. And it's just oh. got like a picture of it with like tons of graffiti. And, yeah, and it looks it looks pretty Almost rough. like a like a hand truck like to the side. Oh, my God, I just hit the microphone to the side of it. Oh, man, I haven't seen it. So that, look, that sounds pretty legit. Yeah, I mean. Wow. Yeah, I thought, I thought you were going to go to, apparently as soon as it sort of disappeared, like in, the, in 2018, you know, it got its own Facebook group and all that. And it kind of, it kind of be, became like, a meme for people to like take it and Photoshop it and put it like in the Alps or like yeah. stuff like that. So oh, that's cool. I thought you were going to go there, but no, that's really cool. But yeah, the the note that that was left in its place disappeared overnight. Just said went for a walk. Need to find myself. Maybe a shower even. Yeah, that's hilarious. That's it. Dude. That's the that's Capitol Hill's mystery soda machine. Man, I mean, both of these are just. Random as hell. To me. Well, random, but also like relics of like a, a, a time yeah. that, you know, is so much different than than right now, you know? I mean, like like I said earlier, like to be able to do what we do now and have like a quote unquote radio show, mm-hmm. you had to have like an FCC license. You had to do, you know, you had a bunch of hoops to jump through. Whereas now we can just, you know, luckily we had the equipment and mm-hmm. the knowledge base and know-how to you know, uh, work with audio equipment and do mm-hmm. all the sound design and, and mixing and mastering and all that. We're just, it's just a different time, you know? Yeah. I, mean, I couldn't even tell you the last time I used a vending machine. No, I can't either. Although I did, st- in this research, I stumbled across a special code. I, I'm not going to say okay. it. I'm not going to say it on air, but I'll tell you later. But apparently know. there's like a code that's like only for you know, it's like a secret code or whatever that you can put in any vending machine that's like digital. No. And you do this whole trick. You type in this code, oh, you hold the, down the button, it beeps. And then you can select whatever code just to see if it's like, quote, unquote, working. Just, it's got to be an urban legend. There's I don't no know, man. I kind of want to go out and try it today. Well, okay. Pretty cool, well, though. You better film it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. But yeah, those are uh, those are two of my favorites. I really like those kind of, like you're saying, just sort of like that pre-internet era where things were things were still mysterious things were still fun and 
you know, we were a little more naive and innocent. And uh, I just, I love that stuff. I love that time. Yeah, dude, I, I love that stuff too, man. So you, uh, do you have anything else, Woody? Uh, not for this week's show, man. I think, uh, I think that's a great place to, uh, to stop. Cool, cool, cool. Anyway, where can they find us? Well, um, right now, the best place to find us and to interact with us, I would say, is our Instagram page. You can find us there at That Would Be Rad. Mm-hmm. You know, we post pictures, obviously, about the show, but then later in the week, we post a bunch of random stuff, uh, things that we're into at the moment. Like right now, I'm reading the Star Wars Dark Empire uh, series through Dark Horse Comics, mm. written by Tom Veach, who actually just recently passed away, which, you know. Oh, man. Man, it stinks. That but um, Hey, who's who's the artist on that? Because the, the, the picture you sent was really cool. Pretty good art. Yeah. Cam Kennedy's the artist. Mm, I don't know who that is. Which it's interesting art, man. It's way different, but very nineties. There's certain yeah, like, the colorists got a little crazy with like the I don't know, let's uh let's do a tie-dye pattern. Yeah. But but it's cool, man. It's different. And and like the storyline is really, really neat and, and stuff. So anyway, we post all kinds of stuff like that, but then also we'll dive deeper into uh, whatever the topic was um, that we talked about that week. So yeah. Find us there. One thing that I almost totally forgot that I did find out during this is, uh, which, man, all good things apparently are in Australia. But I found out that there's a vending machine in Australia that literally has frozen French fries, and it literally fries them and spits out French fries. What? Yeah. It, it's amazing. That's crazy, Like, I was man. blown sounds- away. Just the technology. Sounds like a very American vending machine. It definitely does. Yeah. <laughs> we got to ask our buddy Matt about that. Um, well, cool. Uh, if you have long form stuff or you, you want to record a voice memo of maybe some urban legends in your area or ghost stories or something that happened to you, feel free to shoot that to that would be radpod at gmail.com. I guess that's it for now, but uh, we have some really cool stuff coming up this, you know, for the rest of the season. Uh, also, I always forget, but I'm saying it now. Go out and tell a friend about the show, uh, whether you're a first-time listener or, you know, basically one of our members of our family. Just tell one person. Spread the word. And uh, I guess that's about it. So, we love you. We appreciate you. And as always, be rad. That's the way it
time where I just needed some sunshine You were already dead before you became a ghost You always said our future would be a parade of flowers But now all that's left is a single rose That's the way You got anything else? <clears throat> God, I feel like yeah, I'm losing my voice. Yeah, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you need any covers? Um, you need any covers? Dude, it's twelve fifty-one. That's my. That's my favorite time too. Favorite All time right, present top. Present top. Three, two, one, stop. <laughs>